Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program, game day for the Hoosiers. They are up at Minnesota tonight. We'll see if Indiana can make it four straight in Big Ten Conference play. A real turnaround for this team, of course, keyed by Trace Jackson Davis, who I think is entering legendary status in Bloomington. And we'll have a lot more on that game coming up here in just a bit. Let's take a quick look at the show lineup for today's program, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one. A little different today. We have a lot of high school coaches from Clark and Floyd counties on this program from time to time to talk about their teams and players and some of the big upcoming games. We're going to go a little bit outside of our immediate area today to talk with one of the great coaches in southern Indiana. His name is Dave Benner. I'm sure you've heard his name before because he leads the Brownstown High School Basketball Program, which has been so very successful now for so many years. Really, Brownstown athletics across the board have been a gold standard in southern Indiana. And Coach Benner is going to join us, and we're going to talk a little bit about Brownstown, but more so about his son, Jack Benner. He's a Purdue recruit. Indiana fans are going to have to deal with him for future seasons when he plays for Coach Painter and the Boilermakers. But he is just doing some amazing things this season. He's setting scoring records, breaking his own scoring records. Uh, Started the whole thing by breaking his father's uh, all-time, or I should say, scoring record at Brownstown. And, of course, the big dunk that was heard across the state a few Friday nights ago when uh, Jack came down the lane and shattered the backboard on a dunk in that game with Silver Creek, which was delayed to Monday night. So uh, when somebody's having the kind of season he's having, uh, regardless where he's committed to college or who he plays for, we want to talk about it here on the show. And Coach Benner is going to join us in just a moment. Also later in the show today, Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star with us. We'll get you all set for IU Minnesota tonight. And then later in the hour, Josh Cook, the sports editor of the News and Tribune, will stop by as we'll get ready for the big weekend of high school basketball that's forthcoming. And that's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, a real quick reminder, the Thornton's text line is open. You can communicate with me, send in your questions, your comments, questions for our guest. If you've got a prediction on the IU Minnesota game tonight, the Thornton's text line 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And right now you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito, and any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app and register today 
for refreshing rewards to earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. Let's get right to the phone. Coach Dave Benner of Brownstown with us. Coach, before we talk about anything else, congratulations. The Braves 11-4 and this season. You've got a great chance to do some special things the rest of the way. Glad to have you with us this morning. Hey, thanks for having me on the show, Matt. I know it's been a special year. It's another really good Brownstown club, but that's kind of par for the course here in southern Indiana. But how neat has this whole experience been to coach your son and to see him develop in recent years into the player, a future Division One, high major Division One player? Uh, how, how neat's it been to witness all this and coach him along the way? Well, it's been it's been really special. We we actually started playing probably competitively when he was a kindergartner and. He, you know, it's just from the time he was, you know, could pretty pretty much walk and had any coordination. Uh, he's been all about basketball. He's he watched at a very young age. He's had a ball in his hand. He it's, it's just so it's been it's been neat. You know, his body went through some things when he was in middle school that that we you know were never sure what type of athletic build he would end up with. We were hoping he would continue to grow and, and get more athletic, and he really has the last couple of years. Hey, Benner, Brownstown coach, my guest. A number of things with Jack and your team that I want to cover here in this first segment today, but first and foremost, let's go back to Silver Creek. First off, that's been a great rivalry for all of us to enjoy locally in recent seasons, and then on top of that, you and Brandon Hoffman, the coach of the Dragons, have a great history with each other and a lot of respect, I know, between the two coaches, but Take us back to that game when it initially started a few weeks ago on a Friday night. Your son comes down the lane with a great move, makes a dunk, and the backboard shatters. What was your reaction? I have to believe immediately it was for his and other players' safety. Well, it was, and I never realized how how sharp the glass is on a backboard. And I, I just, you know, at first, I was, everybody, I think, in the crowd was just stunned. You know, we, we replaced those backboards last spring. You have the 360 rims, the really nice rims and backboards. So even with older backboards, you never expect anything like that to happen. And it was it was really just a normal dunk. Uh, he's probably had harder ones this year. And, uh, you know, the backboard shattered, and, and you know, he falls. Uh, he kind of held onto the rim a little bit, but then he fell, and immediately he's grabbing his hand, and then, you know, the Burton kid from Silver Creek's right underneath and all the glass is falling on him. So initially, obviously, the safety. And uh, once we realized they were all right, you know, Jack was bleeding, but, you know, it, it wasn't, it was stitches and nothing nothing serious. Uh, then it was, what do we do? What do we go from here? And we weren't sure. You know, it took us some time. We ended up deciding to postpone the game and then we continued that Monday night. So it was just, you know, it's, it's nothing you ever anticipate to experience as a coach. Uh, it, 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 but it was, it ended up being a pretty neat experience. You know, you've been around basketball forever and ever as a player, now as a coach uh, at all levels of the game, really. Uh, I, I can only recall just a very few instances where backboards have broken. I remember Pino Pipes did it at New Albany a number of years ago in a practice, uh, but in a game especially, hard to recall many instances. Have you heard or seen of anything like that in all your basketball travels, Coach Benner? I have not. I've you know I've played play, played a lot of basketball. I've, I've, I've coached a lot of basketball, and I, I've never been a part of anything like that. And 
you just those kind of things that are in the coaching manual as to you know what, what where do you go from here and what you do. So it took us a little bit of time, but you know Silver Creek was great to work with, and uh, like you said earlier, I have a lot of respect for Brandon Hoffman, the job he does, and and um, we, we were able to continue that Monday night. Coach Benner of Brownstown talking about his son Jack Benner, a Purdue recruit that is making some real noise in high school basketball here in our state this season. Before we talk about some of his big scoring outpoint outputs recently, um, I, I'm curious. I, I get asked a lot by New Albany Jeff people, maybe people that have not seen Jack play but have read about him. Matt, how do you describe his game? So let me pose that question to you. For somebody here in our immediate area that's never seen Brownstown or only seen some highlights of your son, how do you describe who he is as a player and a college prospect? Well, he he's always been skilled and, and had what I would call really high basketball IQ. You know, even from, you know, I talked about him playing competitively at kindergarten. You could tell at an early age uh, that he, he had all those intangibles and he just shooting has always come very naturally to him. And then in middle school, you know, he, he put on the, the pre-puberty weight and, and wasn't very athletic. And we did his eighth grade year. He always stunned his shot. We, we, you know, took him to a guy named Joey Burton and Joey kind of fixed his shot. So he, he really, you know, took his time and, and, you know, you have to be disciplined to, to change your shot at that age. And, so he changed his shot, and he gets into high school. You know, when he was an eighth grader, skill-wise, you know, I, I felt he was probably more skilled than any of our, our varsity guys. But with his body, we weren't sure whether he was able to be able to help us. And he, he started to get a little bit more athletic. But he wasn't by athletic by any means by his freshman year, and started to grow. And I think he was six two at that time. And then last year, he, you know, he started to get a little bit more athletic and grew a couple more inches. And then his body. Uh, Benner Brownstown coach joining us here to start our Wednesday program. Coach Benner, Jack had 48 points on Monday night as the Silver Creek game was resumed then. And last night, 51 points for your team uh, in a victory over Austin. He has really always been your leader, always been a scorer, but he really has been on a scoring tear here in recent weeks. Well, he, he our team in general, and Jack, Two is, you know, we've had trouble staying healthy. He got sick during our holiday tournament. Those are, you know, back to back to back. And so that's a tough time to get sick. And then his first basket against Jennings County, he took a really hard fall and hurt his back and his wrist and his head. But he missed a little bit the, the first time we played Silver Creek. He, he did not practice much that week. And, but he kind of got in a flow. You know, sometimes, you know, you get to the dog days in the middle of the season, your guys' legs are heavy. So, He's talking about how good his legs felt for this time of the year. So I, I, he played pretty well, you know, the first time and he, he shatters the backboard. So then it puts him on the shelf for almost another week. Uh, he had to get stitches and his, his, his wrist is, is 
sprained, and then um, he misses the Greensburg game, which was the Friday before, or the last Friday, and then he comes back Monday, and, and really nobody, they announced it after the game that he had broke the school record. Nobody, just because the game was broken up, nobody had a clue that he had 48 points. Um, so then we go to Austin, and we had 24 at half last night, uh, but you know we talked about in the locker room, at halftime, you know, play the guys the third quarter and probably be down to start the fourth. And then Jack came out the third, and it's a really free-flowing game, a lot of possessions. And I think Jack missed one shot in the third quarter, and I think he was five for six from the three and scored 22 points. So that put him with 46 points going into the fourth. And my other coaches and a couple of our guys on the bench were like, you have to leave him in to, you know, try getting his own record. <laughs> so we ended up leaving him in to, to get to his 50, 51. And once he made that last three, we took him out immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff. Dave Benner, longtime coach at Brownstown, 25 years Coach Benner has been there and getting the opportunity here the last few years. And for next year as well, Jack, just a junior, to coach his son for the Braves. Local fans that have an interest in seeing Jack, I know you play the Highlanders at your place in February on the on the 14th and then come down to New Albany on the 21st. So some opportunities for locals here in our immediate area to see Jack and what his game is like. Coach, this is another really good Brownstown team. It's kind of par for the course in your time there. I know you guys have your sights set on finishing the regular season strong and trying to put together a run in the postseason. That's what you do at Brownstown. Well, that would be nice, but we also know, you know, what what's in front of us. Uh, we, we've, you know, by, you know, we've talked about Jack a lot, but we've got other really good players also. And, you know, the, the, the bad part is it, it's in my 25 years, we've had more injuries and illnesses this year than probably any of my 25 years. And Jack's missed two games. Our, our starting point guard and really our, our probably the best leader I've ever coached, Parker Heyman, has missed almost five weeks of the season. And he came back last Friday, still not 100%, but he is playing again. Uh, so we just had, we've had a couple sprained ankles, you know, it, had a couple other guys sick. So it's been kind of a weird year. Um, so we, we need to continue to get better. You know, these next five weeks are really important. So we got to stay healthy and we got to continue to grow because we haven't had a lot of time together that, you know, we had it all last summer. We had a great summer. Uh, but, but we also know, you know, it starts in the sectional that, you know, we're probably not even the favorites in our own sectional. You know, we have the defending state champs in Providence, and and I think they're better than they were last year. And then, you know, we have a couple teams with two losses. You have Southwestern, Eastern, and I think Henryville has three or four losses, and I haven't seen them in person. But, you know, it's going to be a really tough sectional. And I think the winner of that sectional obviously has a chance to, to – do something to turn up, but there's also, you know, Wenton Stockton, who a lot of people think are the best team in 2A. They'd have to go through them, and there's just some other good 2A teams. So 2A is definitely, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be tough this year, uh, but we know that, and we're looking forward to it. It should be exciting for, for the teams and, and the fans. Absolutely. Coach, before we let you go, Jack committed to Matt Painter and the Boilermakers a while back. Uh, what what was maybe a deciding factor or two for him to select Purdue? And I've got to ask this because it is a heavy IU show. Uh, did you hear from Coach Woodson and staff much during the recruiting process? Uh, we we did hear from some of the assistants. Uh, we we just you know Purdue 
obviously locked in a lot harder on Jack than what IU did. Uh, and we just, you know, once we we got, you know, he was around the team and the coaches, and you just don't see the kind of culture, you know, of high school high school cultures and college cultures are sometimes different, but the culture Purdue has, and you, you could tell that immediately with the coaching staff and the players, is it, it's just different, and their style of play we felt. You know, fifth fifth Jack that they've you know they they like shooters. I think Coach Painter's talked about he wants to try recruiting a shooter in every class. And you know the the other kid that's committed in twenty twenty four is a great shooter also in Cannon Catchings. So you know those things. There's just a lot of variables. Uh, you know Jack um, was pretty open. You know. To, to you know, there's some other bigger schools starting to reach reach out and look into him, and, and but you know Purdue right away once once he visited and was around the coaching staff and players, I, I think it was pretty obvious, you know that that, that was going to be a great fit for him. All right, good stuff. Coach Dave Benner of Brownstown. Coach, uh, congratulations on what you've built, what you've accomplished, and the neat opportunity to go through this season with another really good Brownstown team and also your son as he really takes off. And thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. All right, Dave Benner of Brownstown, one of the great guys in Southern Indiana high school basketball. Really, if you look back at the record books, amazing what he has accomplished in his time at Brownstown. It's been one of the, I think I called them a gold standard programs uh, here in the southern half of the state for sure. Coach Benner in 25 years, he's 436 wins, just 161 losses, just a dominant record and a dominant performance during his time. You know, maybe the few years you didn't hear about Brownstown as much was during the really good years for Silver Creek when they were uh, winning state championships and dominating things in the Mid-Southern Conference. But uh, Brownstown is back and really good, and they've been very consistent over Coach Benner's time there. And if you haven't had a chance to see uh, Jack play, Jack Benner, I know he's going to Purdue. A lot of IU fans that listen probably aren't crazy about that, but he's a really good high school basketball player. And some of these big scoring outputs and also the broken backboard, it just kind of helps, uh, I guess, the lore of him. And uh, it's great. It's great for our game. It's great for people to get out and pack the gym. And uh, I tell you what, again, Coach Benner played it down nicely. And I know Coach Miller at Providence would do the same way. But Providence and Brownstown, if and when, I think it's safe to say that happens in the sectional. Uh, it's going to be madness there and going to be a lot of fun to be in attendance for that game. So uh, that will be good. And I'll tell you what, uh, as we start to think about tournament pairings, and the girls just came out on Sunday, the boys will come out here in a few weeks from now. Uh, let's hope that Providence and Brownstown are on opposite sides of that bracket so we could see a big Saturday night showdown in a sectional championship game. That would sure be a lot of fun. But I've known Coach Benner forever. Great guy, great coach. Appreciate him coming on uh, today to talk about Jack Venner, uh, his son, and, of course, the Brownstown program. We'll head to a commercial break, come back with Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. It's time to talk about IU and Minnesota. I saw a tweet yesterday that the Hoosiers flew up to Minnesota. I'm assuming they left maybe a little earlier than normal because of winter weather that was expected to come in. I don't know about you, but no weather for me in New Albany as far as uh, snow. I think up in Greenville and some other places, just a shade north 
there was weather. And then even further north, a lot of weather, I think. Some schools canceled. I'm sure some games will be postponed tonight, the few that might take place on this Wednesday. But otherwise, all set for IU Minnesota. We'll talk about it when we come back. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Wednesday program. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Uh, texter says, IU versus Minnesota, 71-63 IU victory. Texter, I like your score. I like the Hoosiers to win, but I, I just don't have a feeling uh, that it's going to be a blowout win or a dominant win like maybe we've seen recently. I could be wrong. This team could be playing so great right now they could uh, blow the doors off of Minnesota. But I, I do like your margin there. I don't know that I like exactly the score, but I do like your margin uh, in the game tonight uh, of eight points. Uh, also, another texter. I'm not sure exactly what this means. Says like I guess this is a follow-up from Coach Benner's interview. Like IU doesn't want shooters. Haven't said this very often, but go Pioneers. Ha ha. So okay, got it. And uh, Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star is with us as we're going to talk uh, IU basketball in the Minnesota game tonight. And uh, Dustin, I tell you, the the key is, or I think the most interesting thing about tonight is. This Indiana team has been playing such great team basketball. Their defense has come so far here over the last three or four games. I'm curious if they can pick up where they left off, because if they can, I could be wrong on my score prediction or my margin prediction. It could be another blowout win for this team. And I'm not sure we have Dustin. We may need to reconnect with him if we can. Uh, Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star going to join us here in just a second as soon as we can reconnect with him but IU Minnesota tonight uh, obviously we know what Indiana's trying to do uh, trying for their fourth consecutive win which is tough for anybody in Big Ten Conference play uh, Minnesota 7 and 11 overall they're just 1 and 7 in Big Ten play I think their one win came over Ohio State tonight's a nine o'clock tip off on Big Ten Network and I think we have the great Dustin Dopirak back with us now Dustin yeah, yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no problem. Um, thoughts on this Indiana team playing defense well, playing team basketball well. If they pick up where they left off, they could have a blowout victory tonight. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I mean, they, they certainly just – I wonder just where this was uh, because, I mean, I think that they've, they've had this, these sort of pieces defensively. Um, and you, you sort of look at them and say, you know, obviously they were a good defensive team last year. It was just like, where, where was this? Uh, basically, why was it that they were struggling to keep uh, keep teams from scoring? But obviously, they've, they've picked it up recently. You've just seen them do a better job, I think, of just staying connected uh, defensively. And obviously, it helps us to have 
Thompson back some on Sunday, but uh, you know uh, that that wasn't I don't think really the driving force. Obviously, I think Xavier Johnson was a significant loss as far as on ball defense, but they've got some of the guys that can guard people. Uh, and I'm kind of surprised it took them that long, but it's really important that, that it's that it's put coming together now. And they're getting, I think, contributions from the right places on offense. Uh, you know, just guys that are good enough. Basically, that they're finding a way to get buckets. Um, and, you know, basically spreading it out. Obviously, Trace Jackson Davis has been tremendous. And, he's, you know, uh, they're getting enough from other guys that the teams are making the decision to leave him single covered and, and being willing to give up 30 a game, which is pretty wild. Um, but they're getting other stuff. Obviously, Jordan Geronimo in the Illinois game. Um, I think... Um, in particular, you know, obviously Trey Galloway and, and, and Tamar Bates going off against Michigan State. Obviously, there's a lot of good news uh, there. Basically, there's just a, a lot of good play coming together at the right time for them. Dustin Dopirak, the Indianapolis star, with us. You know, i got to tell you, as much as I love Big Ten basketball, I have not seen a lot of Minnesota this season. Um, I know Minnesota, or I should say North Carolina, transferred Dawson Garcia. Uh, he starts at the five position and is the leading scorer for the Golden Gophers. Indiana recruited him. Uh, he started at Marquette and then transferred to North Carolina, uh, of course, before returning back to play in his home state of, of Minnesota. But I know he's the key guy. I don't know much else about this Minnesota team. What do you know, Dustin? Uh, not, not much from except from what I see on you know Ken Palm and whatnot. I mean, they uh, you know Purdue really suffocated them, uh, sixty-one to thirty-nine in that game on on last Thursday. Uh, they've been struggling. I'm looking at Ken Palm right now. Ken Palm doesn't pick him to win a single other game. They're not giving him a percentage chance of winning uh, of better than 32% the rest of the way. They've really struggled to score the ball. They don't get to the foul line a lot. They're, you know, 260th in three-point percentage, 256th in two-point percentage, 280th in the effective field goal percentage. Just really having a hard time scoring the ball, which is a little surprising to me because they do have two, I think, really good players. And as you mentioned, Garcia and Jamison Battle, two guys that are, you know, bigger, longer players uh, that, you know, with some length that can shoot the ball from outside. Um, so I've, I'm kind of surprised that, that it's been as rough as it's been, um, just, just because you figure those two guys could carry you to something more, but they don't have a lot else. And, uh, you know, those guys haven't, those guys have been good. They haven't been dominant. Um, and you really saw that against, again, against Purdue. I mean, I think they were a combined three of 16 from the floor in that game. Uh, battle, I think, was, was scoreless, I think, over five. Um, so the, the bottom line is, is they've got some talent, but you can, you, you can snuff it out. And, uh, teams have done that. I mean, I think they've only gone over, they beat Ohio State on the road. You know, that was a really impressive win. But other than that, that's their only Big Ten win so far. That would be Chicago State by three. Uh, that's not supposed to happen. I and mean, it's just been a really tough go for them. Um, so it is a game, you know, that being said, that, you know, it's the barn. And, uh, you know, we've seen that the barn is a tough place to play. We've seen that year after year after year after year. It is not, it is not easy to go in there and win a basketball game. So you can't uh, presume it's a victory. But, you know, it is, it is a game that Indiana absolutely should win. Um, but again, you, you can't go into, you know, you can't go into Williams Arena and presume that you're going to win. It's a weird place to play. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, talking with Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star, uh, getting ready for IU Minnesota tonight. Another late one. It's a 9 p.m. tip-off, which means pregame coverage will begin with Don Fisher and crew around 8 here on the Big X. Um, other things in this game tonight that I- I'll tell you what I'll be watching for. Uh, can Tamar Bates and or Jordan um, uh, uh, Geronimo, can one or both of those guys continue turning the corner and the good play that they've had recently because I think you add 
another real consistent threat in the mix for this IU team moving through the rest of the season, and it takes them to another level when you think about Big Ten and NCAA tournaments. No, absolutely. Those guys are super talented, and we spend a lot of time talking about, okay, when is the breakout moment for them where they become, you know, just sort of consistent stars for this group? Um, and you haven't seen it quite yet, but you're seeing, I think, enough flashes to feel pretty good about where each of those guys are at. Um, you know, it, it, you're not always getting both of them. Uh, you know, big contributions from both of them. It seems like lately it's been one or the other. Uh, you, you know, and, and part of that is just, you know, designed on game four because obviously they're extremely different players. Um, but, you know, I think if, if you're getting at least one of them, that just makes, you know, life on Trish Jackson Davis a lot easier, life on Jalen Huchifino a lot easier. You know, if one of those guys is getting buckets uh, and getting contributions, you know, it, it goes a long way. Um, and, you know, again, you know, really impressed by those two as players, the talent that they have. Um, you know, they just need a little bit more consistency. Uh, and I think, you know, the, the shot looked really good for Dave, I think. Sorry, Maxine's got thoughts on the ball stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, Geronimo obviously is just playing with the energy that you expect. And I think his struggles, I think, were one of the biggest surprises for me. Obviously, we spent a lot of time this offseason talking about could he be a three-man, and he hasn't necessarily made that leap, but he thought, okay, well, if Lace Thompson's out, you just put him back at the four, and, and he does what you've seen him do uh, for the last two years. And he was struggling to do that, but it, it seems like he's fine. Found uh, his energy again and, and, and figured out what he can do by just being him um, and, you know, using his athleticism, using his length, using his energy, uh, and knowing that that's enough to get you a lot uh, between points, rebounds, and block shots. Uh, when Jordan Geronimo is just being himself, he can get you a lot of those things. I think you're seeing a lot of that show up, and I think that's made them a much better team lately. You know, I, I think his... Him kind of rediscovering himself, I think, has been a really critical piece to, to what he has become in recent weeks. Dustin, I assume we see more Race Thompson tonight. Do we see his role continue to increase and get back to normal? Uh, it's so hard to know if you're Coach Woodson what to do because this team is playing well without Race and without X. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to be you know eased back into it, and, and you, get, you get a sense of how much uh, that he can handle. Uh, I mean, obviously, the fact that he you know, what he commits three thousand four minutes uh, on on you know somebody tells you okay he, he's he's it's going to take a minute you know it's going to take a minute for him to, to get back in the game flow and, and get back in a position where he can defend without fouling um, and so you know but but you know that you've got another really good player in Jordan Geronimo you can take your time with this you don't have to rush it uh, you know John Geronimo had his own foul foul problems I mean he had five and thirteen minutes. Uh, the, the power forward position was really remarkable producing fouls uh, in this game in a short amount of time uh, on, on Sunday between them and Renew getting 5-21. Uh, that, was, that was something else. Um, but all the same, I mean, they, they have talent behind him, so uh, they don't have to rush him. They don't have to put him in a position where he can hurt himself or make things worse or, or just be dragging himself up and down the court. If he, if he doesn't have quite the juice in the knee that night, they've got other options. But obviously, a guy like Ray Thompson, you want to get involved just because of how solid he is, how sturdy he is, how many different areas uh, that he can make plays. As, as good as Geronimo is, and as talented as he is, there are some ways in which Thompson is sort of the, the more disciplined player. Um, you know, he's, he's the veteran. He's just a you know solid defender. Where Jordan, you know, Geronimo has that uh, plus plus ability to block shots and get out there. Sometimes he's not quite in the right spot. Thompson's generally in the right spot. Um, and so you know, like there, there are different things, different times you need different guys. But all like. When it comes down to it, you just don't have to force 35 minutes out of Ray Thompson. You've got options. 
uh, and so you can ease him in, in and use him how you want to. You are not in a position where you have to uh, make him carry an obscene, uh, like a, a ridiculous load coming off of a knee injury. Yep, good stuff. Dustin Opirak of the Indianapolis Star, my guest. You know, I know that uh, there's a lot of thought in the Big Ten Conference. You want to protect your home court, and Indiana's going to have opportunities to do that, obviously, coming up soon. But uh, as far as road games go, I know you mentioned the barn is kind of an awkward place to play, uh, but this is maybe one of the better opportunities really the rest of the way to, I don't want to say for sure, because nothing's for sure in Big Ten basketball on the road or in college hoops, but this is definitely, I think, the best opportunity to pick up a road win and then go back and protect your home court. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, right now Minnesota's at the bottom of the league, and you know you, you have to take advantage of that uh, is, is what it comes down to. When, when, when a team is struggling like that, you can't be the, the team that goes into their place and, and, and makes them get healthy. Uh, you, you've got to get a win there. Um, and so, yeah, at end of the day, as much as it's tricky and, and you've got to be aware of what you're in for, you got to know that Minnesota is a place that you have to win uh, with, with, situa- with the situation being as it is. So you've got to be able to go there and, and, and beat them on their home floor. Um, there, there are going to have other chances, um, but no, you're right, none of them are easy. I mean, the, the, the remaining road games after Minnesota are uh, Maryland, Michigan, Northwestern, Michigan State, uh, Purdue. Those are all tough. You know, those are all tough. I mean, you look at a Ken Palm. I mean, you know, they, they don't get a better than uh, 59% chance of winning any of those. They've got an 82% chance to win tonight uh, based on, you know, Ken Palm's, you know. And obviously those things get shaken up and whatever. Obviously, but Ken Palm's a super smart guy, as we know, uh, and has a super valuable system. But, you know, the, like all of these look like they're going to be tight, grounded out games on the road. And, and you know, you've got to take advantage when you've got one that you really should win. Um, and they can't lose out, I, you know, to put themselves in really good tournament position. I, I, you know, I think they're safely going to get in um, as long as they keep to just winning at a, at a reasonable level. And defend. Like, they can get in by just defending home court. But uh, it would really go a long way if, if, if they get a couple more of these road wins. But none of them are going to be easy. You know, none of them. Even, even Northwestern, obviously, Northwestern's obviously already beat them at home. They're going to be a tough out, um, and so you know, even going up there, Indiana's had some trouble up there. As much as they always get uh, a big, you know, IU fan, um, you know, a, a lot of IU fans go to Northwestern games because there's a bunch of IU fans up in Chicago. Uh, but that doesn't mean they always win that game. I think Northwestern gets gets motivated by that fact that they look around and see a lot of red in their gym and they get mad about it. Um, so you know, they they they. Try to make a point to win that game, so that's not going to be an easy one. Uh, you know, Michigan's not going to be easy. Obviously, Maryland's a tough out. Um, you know, certainly Michigan State is really difficult to win at Breslin, and obviously Purdue is running away with the league right now. So those are really tough road games. Uh, so you absolutely got to pick this one up tonight. All right, Dustin Dopierak, the Indianapolis Star, joining us. Uh, somebody just sent me a tweet that said Dawson Garcia is questionable for tonight. I don't have any further information on that, but have you seen anything about him maybe not playing tonight? Uh, let me look. It's certainly possible. I don't know what he's been going through, but, yeah, I mean, uh, let me see here. What, what, what do the Twitters tell me? Yeah, uh, might miss <laughs> Minnesota's game tonight against Indiana with an ankle injury. Thank you uh, for, yeah, the Star Tribune has reported that, so that is out there and a thing. Uh, yeah, uh, so it could be, you know, that, that obviously makes them uh, even more gettable. Man, I'm, I still think that, um, uh, you know, I still think Jameson Battle's a good player. <laughs> uh, you know, so he can keep you in it. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, it, that, that certainly makes life a lot easier if you don't have to go against Garcia, so it even more means that you got to win that game. 
Absolutely. Talking to Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. Dustin, I want to switch gears here for a moment and talk about the McDonald's All-American Game rosters, which came out yesterday. Um, I didn't pay a ton of attention to it. Xavier Booker from Indiana, from Cathedral, obviously, on the rosters. And it's hard to – I, I want to be very respectful here how I say this. Xavier Booker appears to be a great talent that catches the eye mm-hmm. of college coaches and NBA players. But the few times he's come down to play at New Albany last season or Jeffersonville this season – he just seems to kind of be in cruise control, and sometimes he makes an amazing play, but he doesn't even always finish as the leader of his own team as far as in stats or scoring. But probably a, a bigger note that I saw in looking at the McDonald's roster, obviously there's no future Hoosier on the roster. I know Gabe Cups was a nominee in the state of Ohio, but my count, there were two Big Ten players of the 24 or 25 on the rosters, Jeremy Fierce from over in Illinois. He over in Illinois, he's committed to Michigan State, and of course Booker, who we've already discussed from Indianapolis, he's committed to Michigan State as well. It's kind of interesting that the Big Ten, of all those great players and how good the conference is, only two players uh, with that McDonald's type uh, resume on on uh, from the Big Ten conference, future players at Big Ten schools. Yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, I've seen Booker some good times, but I haven't seen him in a high school game in a while. And I saw him uh, this past summer uh, in the tournament in Carmel, which the name I can't remember, but he was pretty. I I thought he got a lot more impressive uh, in the course of a year. He seemed to be more um, uh, assertive. Uh, I I thought kind of the same thing that you did, you know, when I saw him the previous summer. He really just seemed to be on cruise control and just getting by on length and whatnot. Uh, but I saw him assert himself a lot more, and I think he's capable of that. I, mean, I don't know what his numbers are for Cathedral this year, um, but I think I, I get why he's the guy. Let me look. I, I, like it, The Big Ten is so interesting from a recruiting standpoint, I think, every year, because they, they have this kind of pocket where they get a lot of players, and it's usually from about the 20 to about the 60 range. Um, and you know, there's some of the top players are, are in the top 25, um, and they obviously get by on, you know, because, you know, there, there are several, you know, obviously Big Ten programs that are kind of big brands, uh, you know, that, that are in, in that sort of, if, if, if you view Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, uh, and North Carolina as the second tier, there's a lot of Big Ten schools, obviously Michigan State, Indiana, uh, Michigan, they would be in kind of a next tier scenario. And so they don't always get the top tens, uh, the top 20s, but they usually get a lot of, lot of players that are from that you know, twenty to eighty at least, and I'm looking. I'm looking through this. I'm not seeing as many as usual, actually. But there's guys that are, you know, uh, Minnesota's got Dennis Evans, who's 38. Uh, Rutgers has Gavin Griffiths, who's 37. Tyson Chapman at Ohio State is 36. So that's right there in a pocket. There, Deshaun Harris Smith is 40th. Uh, Scotty Middleton, Ohio State's 43rd. Um, uh, Devin Royal, Ohio State's 49th. Jamie Kaiser, Maryland's 50th. That's where you tend to see uh, Cohen Carr, Michigan State, another Indiana recruit, uh, is 52nd. That's where you see a lot of Big Ten recruits, and that happens to be very fringy uh, when it comes to you know who makes the McDonald's All-American team. So you have years where they get a bunch, 
I think, uh, you know, Michigan, obviously, I think, uh, I want to say in last year's class with Caleb Houston uh, and Diamante and a bunch of those guys, you know, get in. Um, and you have other years where they don't because they just t- tend to be on the fringes where you see the, the Dukes and the Kentuckys uh, frequently, you know, always getting players up there because they're always getting top 20 players. Uh, you know, the Big Ten's always happen to be on the fringe, but what that does uh, for long-term performance for the conference, what makes them, I think, a, a very balanced, even, and very competitive league, is a lot of those guys end up staying three and four years. You know, obviously, Trace Jackson Davis was a McDonald's All-American, but he's been there for four years. Uh, and so that that's what, you know, Zach, you know obviously, Zach Eady is an entirely different story. Um, but they end up getting those type of players that are really good, you know, very, very good high school players, but aren't necessarily that elite echelon. No one's talking about them as one and done. And they end up giving you four really good years for your program, and that make, helps you build uh, a very competitive team. Obviously, we've talked a lot about tournament uh, performance, and that gets into officiating and, and style of play and whatnot. Uh, but it's a really competitive league every year, and you're, you've seen a bunch of All-Americans, uh, in part because these guys don't come in and go out immediately. And you know, it's because the Big Ten recruits very, very well in that 20 to 80 range, and that is, you know, Sometimes McDonald's All-American, sometimes not. Excuse me, got choked up here, Dustin. Uh, <laughs> Dustin Dopier. It was an emotional <laughs> talk, right? There. Yes, yes, way. yes. Uh, Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star. But I did think that was an interesting sidebar to mention, so I appreciate your background and always thoughtful insight there. Dustin uh, covers the Pacers for the Star, but is kind enough to still join us in his new role and talk IU basketball each Wednesday. Dustin, as always, thanks for the run today. Uh, We'll uh, catch up on IU hoops and college basketball and more next Wednesday. Sounds great. Thanks so much for having me. All right. uh, Dustin Opirak with us. We'll head to a commercial break. Our final segment we'll spend with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. We'll get you set for high school basketball this weekend, all coming your way next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this one for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back. Quick segment with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. And uh, Josh, excuse me here. I got choked up at the last segment, and I'm trying to limp to the finish line here. But uh, glad to have you with us today. I wanted to start with Scott Rowland, a baseball great from southern Indiana, a Jasper native, uh, currently on the IU baseball coaching staff, by the way. But yesterday it was confirmed he's been elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame, which is just a monster, monster honor for him. Yeah, great, uh, great to see that for him. You know, he had a he had a long, uh, long career. Uh, what he played for Cardinals, Reds, Phillies, I think. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that's it. But he could have played for somebody else too. But uh, yeah, I think he made what seven or eight All Star teams, won seven or eight Gold Gloves. So. Uh, outstanding, and you know, just kind of uh, shows you the, the maybe the the level of baseball in Southern Indiana. You know, uh, 
you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully we have some other Hall of Famers from this area. But uh, that's that's just great for for Southern Indiana for for baseball in this area. That's for sure. Yeah, for uh, no question. Uh, <clears throat> Josh, also speaking of Hall of Fames, two local guys named to the Bellarmine Athletic Hall of Fame. I think this is no surprise at all. But Braden Hobbs of New Albany, Jeremy Kendall of Jeffersonville, they and some other local teammates team together to help Bellarmine win a NCAA Division II National Championship back in 2011. Both of those guys went on to have great professional careers overseas. I believe Hobbs is still playing. Kendall, I think, has some basketball involvement to this day as well. Uh, But they uh, get the big honor for Bellarmine, who has continued on that path of success since those two guys left, now a Division I program. Yeah, they're definitely... uh... Those two guys uh, kind of helped pave the way for for Bellman to have the kind of success it's had in recent years and, and make that make that jump to, to Division One. You know, I can remember um, maybe back in you know right right around that time. You know, they were first talking about Bellman making a jump to Division One. So uh, those two guys were you know they had great careers at uh, at Bellman. You know, Braden was there for for all four years and. Jeremy transferred in there, but uh, you know they had they had great careers and were just outstanding players. You know, um, Braden Hobbs is is uh, you know he uh, one of my favorite players to watch <laughs> of all time. He just uh, the way he played the plays the game and you know passed the ball and and that team um, um, in general was just one of my my favorite teams to watch play because just the just the way they passed the ball, they shot the ball. You know, Justin Benedetti from Providence, another big member of that uh, 2011 championship team and, and that era. So, you know, those, those three guys from, from local local high schools just just were, uh, were awesome and, and uh, you know, had, had great careers. And, you know, great to see Braden and, and Jerry both get that honor. You know, as you said, Braden's still playing over in Germany. He's... Uh, you know, he said some. I think he had like uh, 19 points or some eight assists the other day. So, you know, he's he's definitely still showing he could play. And, and Jeremy, yeah, I think he's still involved in uh, in in Australia playing basketball and training. So, you know, those guys are two two local guys who have uh, who have been able to make a career out of uh, out of playing basketball. And that's you know that's that's something special. That's just outstanding. And that's uh, you know. Uh, there haven't been too many, too many guys who've been able to do that from this area. So, you know, it's great to see and great to see them have success and uh, you know be honored for for the uh, for the success that they've had. Um, so that's um, great. Happy for Brayden and, and Jeremy both. Josh, we had Coach Benner from Brownstown on earlier today to talk about Jack Benner, the great season he's had, some of his big scoring outputs recently. <clears throat> And, of course, his uh, slam dunk that brought the whole goal down or the backboard down, the glass part down. Uh, had a text on the text line. Texter says, uh, is Benner on any kind of pace to catch Damon Bailey's career scoring record? I don't believe so, but as a junior, uh, he's already up to almost 1,500 points. So if Brownstown makes a deep run in the tournament this year, and again as a senior, and he averages big numbers the rest of the way, let's say 25 or more, he could make a real dent in that list and I think appear on that list. Yeah, he could definitely make his way up there, that's for sure, especially if he, he continues to score like he's been scoring 
48 against Silver Creek, and he turns around and gets 51 against Austin. So if he, uh, if he continues that pace up, he might, uh, might catch Damon Bailey, but I don't think anybody can, anybody can keep that pace up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, uh, <laughs> he's having a great uh, junior season right now, and, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine that he's only a, he's only a junior, and he's still got one more year left. So, uh, you know, he's people in Southern Indiana should, uh, uh, have another have another season at least to to watch him play, but I know he's you know he plays some of the local teams, Providence, and then I know he's playing what New Albany next year. So um, you know some, uh, some some but he's quite a talent. So you know it's it's crazy to think that he's only junior, but uh, yeah, I mean he's he's on an incredible run right now, and uh, you know heading with the postseason. That's probably what uh, not what Providence wants to see since they're in the same sectional, but uh, you know it's interesting. Um, that's for sure to see those two teams uh, hopefully square off, uh, you know, hopefully in the final, hopefully not the first round or something like that. But, uh, <laughs> but we'll see once the, uh, you know, once the pairings are announced. Absolutely. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, IU Minnesota tonight, pregame at 8, tip-off at 9. Back with you Thursday to recap all of it. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Mm-hmm.